as you rise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome once again into the studios here in KCLR for Come On Kinds Season 6, Episode Number 2. And I'm delighted to be joined, as always, by my wonderful co-pilot, Mrs. Onya Farrell. Onya, how are you? Good, thanks Martin. How are you? I'm great, thank you. See, I got the name right now tonight. <laughs> it's all good. Well, there was a busy weekend of all things camogie related with CCAO quarterfinals. Leinster matches with minors. The intermediate team was out in Division 2B of the National League. We got the fixtures for the Leinster League competition for 2024 and lots more to come. And later on, we will be having an in-depth interview with the lady that has held Leinster together for the last number of years. That was, of course, Linda Kenny, and she will be joining us later on for an interview. But first of all, we are going to turn our attention to the very Camogie National League round two game between Kilkenny and Wexford at the weekend. And the intermediate manager, Seamus Kelly, is joining me right now. Shame, how are you? That's bad, Martin. Yourself? Yes, you're all good on this Bank holiday weekend, I suppose, that we're all looking forward to. Round two for yourselves. There was only a couple of points in round one against Galway. Wexford were the team to come to Greg Namana at the weekend. But I suppose when people will read the scoreline, they might think Janie Mack, Wexford, had a fairly comfortable win in the end. But it doesn't tell a full story because for the National League, you're playing with... I suppose, not the full deck of cards, and I mean that respectfully, because you can't put out a full team with Ashburn Cup, Purcell Cup, CCAO games, the whole lot on. So it's a little bit of experimental going on at the minute. Yeah, look, so again, I, I think you're, you're fairly well aware that we're doing a bit of experimentation, all right, but I suppose we're trying to also balance girls' workload as best we can. I think at the moment, it's like 14 or 15 girls, Martin, involved in various colleges, uh, even the secondary school as well, and you know, we have some girls playing there the weekend that we just have to take off at half-time because they already played two games during the week as well, you know. So, yeah, look, it's been a challenge, but look, that's not taken away from the result in the end of the day. Like, Wexford, Wexford were full value for the win in the end. You know, they, they got the breaks, they got the goals, and they mattered the most, um, I suppose, in games. And it was fairly tight for the majority of the game. You know, the goals were the difference. And I was reviewing uh, the Galway game and the Wexford game there today, all day, all day there today. You can just see that, you know, where a lapse of concentration or a mistake can be the difference at the end of the day, you know, so... There's a couple of matches in the National League anyway so I suppose as we said before the important thing is probably not to be in the relegation zone or the relegation trouble so a couple of wins will keep you out of that and um, I think it's Cork is the next day if I'm not mistaken and um, we might come to that in a minute but like 3-9 to 1-8 it doesn't really reflect the full story you had a good win against Wexford last year albeit by one point towards the end of it so yourself and Wexford there's always a good battle there between both of you I know like, there always is as you already said like, you know last year there was one point in the end and again I suppose what kept that game close with the goals that Wexford got you know so in fairness to Alan Brennan's side like when, when there's a goal a goal there to be to be got like they're able to sniff it out you know what I mean um, but again it's, it's very early doors of Wexford were well were well set up there on, on Saturday they were fairly organised you know, some some key players there as well you know um, in fairness that Kira Butler there and Charlotte Redmond who was involved in DCU there and Emer Hunt who would 
got a few scores there as well, you know. So um I know look here. It was it was a tight game until about the last ten minutes when when the goal came and then they got one or two points at the end to stretch the lead, you know. But um, look we learned we learned a hell of a lot as a management over the last two weeks, you know. Um I suppose if you're the outside looking in you'd probably be questioning whether the intermediates are going to go well this year or not. But if you're kind of involved with them as you kind of understand kind of what's going on, what we're trying to do and probably the challenges we have as well. I suppose the Ashbourne games are on or the the weekend is on next weekend coming so training is probably going to be hampered before that comes into it with Cork coming next with the couple of matches that is there um, have you got the full panel we'll say finalised for the year yet or uh, are you still trying to figure out that when it comes to the amount of girls that you're going to be able to carry for the year Yeah look so we're we're currently trying to finalise the panel there at the, at the moment anyway but IBM and going into that car game that we'll be going in with a with a settled, a settled group and then obviously we'll see what way we are with the seniors as well the seed weed they're kind of integrating some players in there that'll, that might not be featured against Cork because we're, we're both playing the same day you know so myself and Chap are already in conversations over that how we're going to manage that this year like myself and Brian did last year you know so look um, this week now will be kind of maybe a chance to give girls a small bit of a Kind of a bit of respite, you know what I mean. In a way, I guess maybe one or two good sessions in, and um, then the week leading into Cork, then kind of reset ourselves, kind of uh, make a plan and try settle on a, a fairly a fairly um, balanced team going in against Cork as well. You know, so um, still a lot of work to do. There's three games left in it: Cork, Clare, Tip. Uh, three very tough games, as you mentioned. We need to get some results now for the with that relegation battle when it comes to it. You know, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, I suppose the next that you did mention is the Cork, and that's going to be the next fixture on the 17th of February. And I know you're involved with the senior team as well with Chap Clear, but I don't know who, and I'm not going to berate people that's doing fixtures because God knows it's so hard to do it. But when you look on the 17th of February and you see that Cork and Kilkenny are playing one another and you're travelling down to Cork to take them on in the 2B and the senior team is coming to Kilkenny to take on Kilkenny in the Division 1A. To be fair to both counties, that does not make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. No, if you want to be very straight about it, I'd agree it doesn't make sense. Um, whether they're both home venues or away venues, what would probably entice is more people coming to watch the games. You know, um, like you know what I mean. Whether it's in Nolan Park or you know if it's down in um, down in Cork, you know, um, it would make it easier on probably both county boards as well from a logistics point of view and a cost point of view as well. You know, to some point to try to have all the players in one place. But look, it is what it is. You know, we're we're planning for an away trip. Um, Chap is playing for a home game uh, in Nolan Park. So look. Um, yeah, look, it is what it is. We just have to. We just got. We just got to roll with it, Martin. You know. Well, we certainly look forward to those games ahead. I suppose I can't let you go, but would not would ask you uh, what do you think of the Ashbourne Cup weekend coming up? Because obviously you were involved with DCU there for a little while. Don't know whether you're directly involved or not this year with a team, but uh, maybe you might be on the QT. How do you see the weekend going? involved in the Camogie this year no, I had a good two years at ECU but uh, Shane was a brain actually my club man took over who was involved in the Intermediate so um, my predictions I think it's, I think anyone can win it to be honest with you um, of course I've always been keeping an eye on how, how the progressing teams are going look UCC have um, Jerry Wallace over him Jerry's now the new offer senior manager you know and you have Bill McCormick TUD he got TUD's first win last year you know and everyone you've got to keep an eye on UL as well they're, they're quietly like, kind of coming up through the ranks there as well 
you know, so to be honest with you, it's 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 anybody's it's anybody's result this year. It could actually go to any of the four teams. I don't think there's anyone outright favourites, you know. But um, I think it'll be an interesting weekend. I'd encourage as many people to get up and watch those games because um, those Ashburn games, Portsmouth Cup games, are fantastic to watch. Fantastic for a great advertising for Camogie. I think I'm going to be like Henry VIII now and put your head on the chopping block here and tell you you have no choice. Pick a winner for me right now. I'm sure that was going to be DC with me, Martin, isn't it? <laughs> I partly guess that was going to be coming that way. Uh, Shem, thanks a million as always for joining us on this uh, bank holiday weekend. Commiserations at the, the loss at the weekend, but no doubt she'll be up fighting around to go for the next couple of matches uh, against Cork, Clare and Tipperary. And we'll be chatting to you closer to the time on them as well. But as always, thanks a million for joining us. Yeah, no, I saw Martin. Thanks very much. Talk soon. Perfect. Thanks, Shem. That was, of course, Seamus Kelly there, the intermediate manager, having a chat with us. And Anya, I suppose, for team management at the minute, it is it is difficult because <coughs> the Ashbourne Cup is in the middle of things. You have mock exams coming up for leaving search that yep. you can't have players training, etc. So, I mean, we can't really look too much into the National League. Again, he did have a good run last year. They got to the league final, went to a replay against Cork. We all know how that went. They lost it out eventually after what was probably a slow start as well. Like, I mean, the defeat to Cork was fairly bad. I mean, they had just a one-point victory over Wexford. So the results last year were a little bit mixed. Not so great this year, but I don't think we can really read too much into it, sure we can't? Yeah, I certainly wouldn't be reading anything into it, if I'm completely honest. I think, you know, this certainly is um, a time, and Shem has said it there himself, like he is experimenting with a lot of players. And there's certainly, you know, when you look at the team sheets, there's certainly a lot of new names that are after coming into the four between the, the first game and the last, and the, the game just gone at the weekend there. I wouldn't be worried too much about it. I think he's really utilising these next couple of weeks um, to maybe pick a panel perhaps for um, a Leinster Championship campaign and I think that's what he'll be fully focused on as well and you're right like there is an awful lot of guys that are going to be playing um, Ashburn the weekend like you know you've got five five competitions that are going to take place up in the Centre of Excellence um, in Connacht in Mayo and this weekend so like he, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of players that are on that and I suppose you're kind of juggling between getting players you know, ready for a National League game, but also trying to prevent them from having an overload and them going off to play college game because the Ashburn, the Purcell Cup, they're all massive, massive competitions. And, you know, I think county managers are trying to be very fair with their, the girls that are in colleges at the moment to give them every opportunity to be competing at the, the top level and third level colleges. Okay, uh, I can't get any tables at the minute because I don't know what way these are going, but um, we will have a look at the results. So 3-9 to 1-8 in favour of Wexford. Good result for Wexford coming to Kilkenny mm-hmm. and getting that victory. But as we said, Kilkenny really, uh, I suppose, d- depleted in a certain way there with him. But uh, Clare and Tipperary. Clare 12 points, Tipperary 2-7. A little bit of payback there for Tipperary am I right because Clare won the all Ireland Junior last year didn't they so they did yeah Tipperary yep. coming away there with a one point win yeah yeah good result there for Tipperary 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 won didn't you yeah, Tipperary won. Yeah. yeah, one point. Yeah, a good result there for Tipperary. I think they'll be happy with that. Happy with that as well. And you know, there's certainly a lot of new names that are potentially gone onto that. I see Sophie Pembroke um, from Girton who is um, on is on that panel as well. So yeah, some some really good talent coming up there. 
certainly he is no we can't get the tables on this which is a pity we may actually try to get that sorted um, Cork and Galway was the other match that was on at the weekend and Cork I suppose not surprisingly they've done very well again mm-hmm. in the league 110 to 9 points against Galway and that is now two wins in a row and surprisingly enough for Cork it's the exact same result in both games because it was also 110 to 9 points against Tipperary in the last day Yeah like you know we spoke about it last week as well um, Cork are just extremely consistent um, with their inter-county squads like you know you could be forgiven you know if a, if a team wins um, an All-Ireland at intermediate le- level um, you could be forgiven maybe for a year or two that there's a lot of rebuilding a lot of regrouping that has to go through but you know when you look at Cork they're, they're consistently up there at the top level and they have they constantly have players that are ready to step up to that grade straight away um, you know so they're obviously doing an awful lot of work down there and it's no surprise as well to see them top of the table top of the group stages in, in the league Well it opens things up a little bit because Cork have two wins mm-hmm. Galway have one win Clare have one win Wexford have one win and Tipperary now have one win yeah. after it so you know Kilkenny not out of it yet no, certainly not. Like, you know, I think everybody would be kind of, I think, like, let's be fair for Kilkenny. I think after this weekend, I think we're going to see different performances from them. You know, I think it's going to be just about getting the girls back from the college campaign. And, you know, as he said himself there, he's still trialing girls. He wants to look and see what girls are made of as well. Um, so listen, I don't think I wouldn't be worried at all. Well, let's talk about that CCO games because obviously uh, Emer has been in contact with ourselves there from the CCAO and sent us on a few results. Uh, we're going to begin with the Ashburn Cup on you. A couple of big results here. UL and SETU in Waterford. You're a former uh, Wartovian down there as part of the WIT winning Ashburn team at one stage. That's a huge victory for the UL Wolves. Yeah, huge. It really, really is. Um, I think WIT just didn't look like they were going to get out of the blocks at all this year. And I suppose they've had so many years of success. You know, it's hard to it's hard to keep that keep that constantly going. And I suppose, listen, it it, it comes and goes, and you just have to be you just have to be prepared. But you know, very disappointing result for um, for WIT. But I have to look at UL. They are very, very hurt after last year and they're really, really putting, trying to push themselves on the mantle there and they've qualified now for the weekend so they will be playing at this Well, let's this be weekend. fair, yeah. just taken out of their hands last yeah. year. They couldn't do anything about it and you're dead right. There, there seems to be, I suppose... How do you put it? A build up of frustration there from yeah. last year because they're really going to town on teams. Like they're they're not just beating teams; they're mm. wiping teams out. Yeah, I think so. Like, and I think you know, there's certainly like there was a lot of girls, I suppose, that would have been, you know, that are probably still on the panel that were there last year as well, and they were very hurt over, I suppose, what had happened to them, and you know, it's very disappointing, you know, preparing for an Ashburn weekend and then to be told that you're not going to be there, and you know, it was. It was all just a bit. It's all just a bit manic last year. But to be fair to them this year, I think like you know they've put put it all aside. They've went out. They've been trotting up some really really good scores and against some really really good teams as well. Like so, it'll be very interesting to see them and UCC in the semi final this weekend. You know that's going to be a big one. Yeah, we'll come to the semi finals now in a minute. But TU Dublin are the holders of the Ashbourne Cup and they are three ten to six point victories over MTU Cork. That's of course the old CIT. 
whereas UCC and UCD, uh, if my maths are right, UCC winning that one there, 2-11 to 3-3. So lots of results there. In the Purcell Cup, there was a victory for our neighbours in Carlo, SETU Carlo, 3-13 to 1-4 against UCD's second team. Good results there for the Carlovians, Anya. I mean, they're into the weekend. Yeah, really, really good results. And, you know, there's a couple of Kilkenny girls um, that are involved in it. Not as many as you would actually expect, I suppose, with, you know, Carlo just being over the road. But yeah, really, really good results and they'll be delighted with that. And, you know, it's going to be a really good weekend for them. Well, it certainly is. We'll come to them in a minute. Uh, NUI Galway, though, uh, and UL's second team, NUI Galway, they are huge uh, a score there for them. 4.26 to 6 points again, uh, UL. Mary Oi and Manuth, uh, only a goal in it in the end. Mary Oi coming away with the victory there. 4.9 to 3.9, so a good result for them. The relegation playoff in the third level is TCD. I think that's Trinity College mm-hmm. against TUSML. Now, I think, I, I, I honestly don't know actually who TUSML is. I'm assuming Midlands. it's the Midlands. Yeah. Midlands. Um, Formerly at loan. It could be. I can't say for definite on that one. Uh, We're coming then to the Father Mar Cup rescheduled game. It's a group game. Queen's University, Belfast and Ulster University, Jordanstown. UUJ coming away with just a one point win in that one. 14 points to 2-7. Which brings us then to the weekend of the Ashburn Cup because it is taking place over... Saturday and Sunday if I'm not mistaken of next week mm-hmm. and the semi-final pairings has DCU or Dublin City University against TUD Technological University Dublin the two Dublins are going head to head so we were going to have a Dublin team in a final on you Fahey mm-hmm. but is it going to be the DCU or the TUD it's hard one to know do you know like it's <laughs> You know, I suppose, listen, you obviously have to, TUD, you'd have to hold some merit towards them. They are the, the rating champions, all right. But, you know, DCU, there's an awful lot of Kilkenny players there. They look very, very strong this year. Um, I would be slightly tipping DCU on this one. I think it'll make for a cracker of a final. Um, but yeah, like, listen, it's going to be, I think that one's on a four o'clock, isn't it? Uh, there's no actually time and venue on yeah. them ones yet. Well, not I, on what I'm reading here. Yeah, I think that one's on a four. I think that's that's followed. That's the, that's the second one that's going to be on, and it's going to be on in the dome as well, which is going to be. Um, we do know it's in Ballyhonas. Yeah, it's it's heading to Mayo, all right. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I still think there should be more domes around the provinces besides just the one in uh, Connacht. But when you're looking mm. at in the region of maybe three and a half to four million to do one, they're not cheap. I can tell you one thing. Um, the other semi-final then pairs you. CC, which is University College Cork against UL which is University of Limerick the bones and the skulls against the wolves mm-hmm. who's going to come out on top in this one although I think I know your answer <laughs> I kind of have to say UL because I'll be why do you have to I'll be shot if I don't really wouldn't I um yeah, it's, do you know what? It's going to be very, very interesting, I think, this one. I think everybody looks at UCC and UCC have been there, thereabouts, every single year for many, many years and they just can't seem to just get themselves over that line. Um, 
you know, they were beaten. If memory serves me right, it was extra time, I think, in the in the semi-final or the final last year, wasn't it? They were beaten in extra time. Who was that? No, sorry, it was in the semi-final. You see they were beaten in extra time by yes. DCU. Yes. Um, yeah, so like, you know, very interesting thing. I think the way though, I think UL have kind of come up and I think they're not going to have any fear and I think certainly... I don't know. I think if there's just something setting up, maybe that this could be UL's year. So I'm going to. So tip. you're going with a TUD and a UL final. No, I'm going with a DCU. And oh, you're UL. going with DCU. Yeah, I'm going to go DCU and UL, and by God, that'll be some final. Okay, okay. Final. well, we'll have to wait and see with that one. Right, the Purcell Cup, the quarter final pairings for that. Now there was supposed to be a game being played tomorrow, which I'm assuming is still going ahead. That's UCC versus TUSM. L, and I'm assuming that's UCC2 uh, because UCC is obviously in the Ashbourne Cup um, and the semi-final pairings then is University of Galway they're going to play Mary Eye and SETU and Carlo is going to wait for that quarter-final pairing winner depending on who it is those games are all on at the weekend as well has Carlo a shot at the Purcell Cup do you think this year? Yeah I think every team I think every team has a good opportunity and I think, you know, getting to the weekend, I think anything can happen and I suppose like, you know, it's going to be, I suppose, which team is going to be most prepared for uh, most prepared for the occasion and I suppose also which teams aren't going to let the occasion get to them. Um, but certainly, I think, you know, every team has, has a huge shot once they get to that weekend. I think the monkey's off the back once they get to the weekend and I think that's what everybody is kind of, you know, pushing themselves for. It certainly is. Right, well, the Father Mar Cup, um, it's hard to know with all these, but uh, DCU 3 uh, and Dublin City University 2 were supposed to be playing one another in the quarter final. I don't see any result gone up for that one yet. And MTU Kerry versus Queen's University of Belfast, that one is another quarter final. So those games will be getting played to the semi finals in the Imagon Cup quarter final. SETU and Waterford second team will play Atlantic Technological University Galway or ATU and St Mary's will play Technological University of Shannon Midwest in the other quarterfinals there Janie Mac there's mouthfuls <laughs> yeah I'm glad I'm not commentating on them uh, trying to put all them together. It's just as well they're abbreviated because if not, we will be in trouble. Um, and the Ashling Murphy Cup, then obviously the pairings for the semi-finals there is Queen's University Belfast uh, against Marino and ATU in Sligo versus Ulster University or UUM. And obviously we have interest in most of the teams that's there because we even have players over in Sligo as well. So the very best of luck to one and all but your time we know what Paula's time was like when it came to Ashbourne Cups and uh, different things and hiding under tables and being influenced by different people that we won't mention names with a former president as well that uh, was seemingly behaving badly but your time as a player uh, when it came to the Ashbourne weekend what was it like? Very 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 quiet um, very refined we were all very focused on just the camogie um, but yeah, it certainly is one of the, it definitely is one of the highlights of, I think, my Camogie 
career, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, I think it's definitely it definitely cements you as a team and you have that bond and it's you know, it's just it's just a brilliant weekend and I think everybody fights so hard to get to make for that weekend and it's an opportunity to to showcase it. I often kind of look and think like, oh, I'd love if there was if I'd love if there was competitions at more on a local level as well to, that were run like that, run over a weekend like because I think it is it's brilliant and you know you get to meet so many people and I suppose like you could be playing against girls that are in your in your club you could be playing against them for the first time ever and you know uh, yeah I love it I loved the the Ashburn weekend like I, we were very fortunate excuse my ignorance about this but you ever captain did you captain it one year no no Kiva Fenley was captain the year that we won it. I knew it was a Kilkenny girl. Yeah, Kiva Fenley yeah. was captain the first year. Right? We were we actually set up the we started the five in a row, and then that was that was in our final year. Yes, yeah, so that's what we're that's what we're going to hold. I'll never forget it. We were, it was actually we won it in Cork. So our first year that we went we went to Galway. Then this following year we went to Belfast and we were beaten by UCD in that one. And then yeah, that was in Case and Park. It was probably one of the last games to ever be played in Case yeah. Park. Actually, yeah, we were beaten by UCD. UCD were like you know red hot favourites. They were like they were the team to beat like back then. And then obviously the last year, then we played. Um, UCC. Played UC, no, UCD in the final again. We played UCD in the final in Cork. It was in UCC. I thought Salt Hill was the following year. No. He did beat UCC in Galway in a final. Could have been a league final, maybe? No. Because I, reme- I remember. Well, then it, it must have been after, the year after. It could have been, yeah. So the one, because the one we were definitely in was, um, it was definitely down, it was in Parky Ring, and it was against UCD because we'd avenged them from the year previous, and I'll never I forget was in, it. Yeah, yeah, I was there in Parky Ring. There yeah. was a picture actually taken, and I think there was about. There eight. Was definitely, a, yeah, eight or nine of us. I got it. Yeah, it was eight of you, yeah. Um, the last puck of the ball and I think we were actually I think ahead by four points or something so like even if they got a goal like there was no need to panic but we had literally panic stations were written all over our face um, yeah you know you'd Ursula Jacob was playing Karen Atkinson was playing um, and then you had the opposite team you had Mary Lacey playing Una Lacey playing um, so it was brilliant it was absolutely and you had Ursula Jacob playing on your yeah, side yeah we like, had yeah, Ursula mad. Kiva Kellyanne uh, Kellyanne Cottrell Colette Dormer um, Rosie Marie Gargan was on one of them yeah Anne Dalton Rosie um, yeah Rosie's playing with Dublin now yeah yeah so it was absolutely brilliant Maeve Maloney Noreen Flanagan um, yeah crazy d Dunn, brilliant it was, it was crazy absolutely crazy but yeah it was well worth it good times though brilliant absolutely brilliant you look back at them and you think about them and it's just so funny like the stories you could tell like I was trying to explain to I was trying to explain this to Sinead the other day like because uh, obviously this is her first Ashburn weekend and I was just thinking back and I was like oh my god the divilment that you're going to get up to it's going to be absolutely crazy now there's no divilment we, we wouldn't it's all good yeah listen that's the biggest load of porky lies I've ever heard in my whole life the divilment that goes on is absolutely nothing but short of scandalous like uh, but it's brilliant they're 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 definitely the highlight of the third level cal- calendar. But the Camogie, Ashley played Ashley is also very good. But it is. It's really good. Uh, I loved every minute of it. Yeah. <coughs> God. <coughs> I cannot get rid of this cough at all. Well, I know two people will certainly be at it. And that is Phyllis Breslin and Sheila Wallace because it wouldn't be held without the two of them. A Camogie royalty. I can tell you in talking about Camogie royalty, they were the first two that I got a photograph with because they came to me after my inauguration as Leinster Camogie chairman, which did happen last week. Linda Kenny, the chairperson 
former chairperson now even passed on her seal of office to myself last Wednesday above in Port Leash in an emotional day for both of us because it was emotional for her it was certainly emotional for me but it was uh, a truly spectacular occasion God here we go now we're, we're all in trouble now yes oh madam producer I just want to congratulate you on your elevation to the Leinster chairpersonship. Thank and you. fair play to you, it was emotional, but I didn't need the tissues. Normally I have to bring <laughs> tissues for them, don't I, Anya? Yep. I didn't need tissues the other night. It was a lovely occasion, very low-key, and congratulations. But that's all we needed is low-key. Nothing else was grand. And I was actually messing with him here in the, the station because I was going through my speech and the whole lot, and I'm like... Etna and Edwina. Do you think 20 minutes is enough now for that? Because I had about four pages, like, but I do read really, really quick anyway. And uh, Edna was looking at me and she's like, wow, really? 20 minutes? Like, I said, yeah. I mean, I could go seven or 10 pages and go to a half an hour, 40 minutes, like, but uh, but your speech only lasted six minutes, 19 seconds in total. So it was all good. Yeah, but you yeah. just like exaggerating. Well, sure, you have to have a bit of banter here. I can tell you one thing in the, the daytime as well, because it certainly does pass the time away. But no, it was a really, really um, special occasion. Uh, don't have any of the snippets out of the speech, but we don't need to hear that anyway. Um, I'm certainly going to look forward to the next three years and to the incoming committee as well. And we're going to get down to work. And I know that we have, oh, excuse me, Leinster League, which is going to be starting as well. A very, very soon and uh, and just before you go yes. off on that now because I did a little interview with you the other night but um, I'm going to ask you on the podcast what are your aspirations for your term your three year term as Leinster Chair? I feel Chair? like it's like an interview question as in like you're going for the job with the questions she fires at you uh, well it was like this the other evening as well but um, uh, you know I've done this already but uh you have, I've, but you haven't done it on. I haven't on done the it on the podcast. podcast. No, my first interview was actually on the KCLR Daily uh, last Thursday morning. It was, um, but I have a couple of things that I want to get done, um, and I've said this in the past, and will actually uh, divulge into it maybe a little bit more. I might even speak about this with Linda Kenny a little bit in depth as well later on. But there's two areas is definitely needed. One is communications, and what I mean by communications is. Social media, website, fixtures. I mean, when we're doing a podcast and you're going trying to look for results, fixtures, even the tables for the National League, and I know we're only two games into it, but we certainly need to do so much better. And I know the Leinster website certainly needs a new overhaul when it comes to fixtures and getting results up and the whole lot. So that would be partially one of them. Obviously, more exposure for our teams as well when it comes to getting it out there. Um. I know I said this in my speech as well. I don't know what your thoughts is on it, but I think the ladies football, the new advert with Lidl on the television at the minute is very powerful. Um, And to get everybody into a stadium and fill it. And while it's great that we do streaming, um, we do the matches live on the radio, which is different because you're not actually viewing it. So you have to be there to see it. Obviously, people can't always go to it. They like to listen to it. And we try and bring the scene to them as much as possible but there is streaming service available there then as well and you're looking at it but is that to turn people going to the matches like is it giving them an easy way out to stay at home I think it is to a certain extent yeah you're staying very silent on me over there like it's lovely for elderly people and grandparents mm. that can't necessarily go and I get that but I do think that it's a uh, 
it's an out for people. I mean it certainly does give more exposure there's no doubt about it because if you're looking for clips or it certainly can help um, the national level when it comes to uh, developing referees and doing um, in-service courses and getting clips and being able to pull them and seeing what's done right or mm. this yellow card offence or that red card offence etc so it's all great it's for all that great, but, yeah. but there was a tagline years ago you can't beat being there yeah, and I don't think you can. And we go to a lot of matches, and we. You just I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just something I was thinking about, like and. Mm, I, like I think. No, do you know what it is? Like I think we do need to start. I I think it would be great to see the likes of more camogie matches broadcast on the likes of the clubbers or the Diego nows or whatever the case may be. I do think people seeing them online or on television. I think that's what encourages them to actually go to the games then. I don't want to I think by I, I know what you're saying would it deter people from going to the match yes to a certain extent it probably would but I actually think it could also encourage people to actually go to a live game as well um, but I would love to see like more camogie matches actually being streamed on the live Oh definitely like, and I think it's really important and there's no point like I think there was actually one that was on um there was one that was on Clubber over the weekend. I that think was the, the charity, charity, charity game, game yeah. which was really, really good to see. And I think not long after the All Stars, um, the Camogie All Stars were announced, um, De La Salle Camogie Club and Drummond Inch that was also on Clubber as well, um, because they they basically had a picture of Beth Carton on it, so she was kind of like you know the the face of you know this Camogie mm. game. Um, but yeah, like I think I think it would be really, really good to see to see uh, see some Camogie games, like for example. <coughs> Like, you know, there's a perfect opportunity the last two weeks now, um, you know, to put on maybe the likes of the Division 2 games um, on, a, on a stream like that. Like, I know some people might want to watch them, but like, I do think there's opportunities there. Like, I went to look at what was on Clubber or Diego or whatever the case may be uh, for this weekend. And there, was none on it. there was none really on it. No. Do you know, that kind of way. I think there was maybe one or two, like you know but like I think there would be there is and an you need exposure there obviously yeah, to like, give it out there and I think if you actually reached out to somebody like I think if you reached out to people like like for example um, if they were looking for somebody to do a commentary I know for a second you'd definitely jump up to do it you'd be like yeah no brother if it means getting exposure if it means getting getting the game out there and you're letting more people see it I guarantee you put your hand up and do it like, yeah, we would. You'd be the same. Like, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, so it's it's not as if like there's not people that won't cover the games. I think that's. I think they definitely would like. But I think it's such an opportunity. Like, I'd love to see now. Will the Ashburn final? Will that be streamed live? That's, it usually is by the Movie Association. Yeah. Yeah. They usually do it. But like, will the likes of the the, the apps that <laughs> like, are currently there? I get what there, you're saying. I see both sides of it. I just think that sometimes people will go for the handier option, and the handier yeah. option is to watch it on the telly. Yeah, but I think once you watch something on the telly like over and over again, you're like, oh God, I'd love to be there. I'd love to be there. And I think to encourage people to get to the matches, I think they have to see what they're going to first. And you see, from where we're looking at it, from sponsors' points of views and all of that, it's good exposure for them. But just listening to people for the last few years that had started going to camogie matches mm. they now don't go to hurling matches because they think the skill level is much better in camogie anyway mm. well I think we need, I think we seriously need to have a look at ourselves um, in the way now I'm not talking about 
us as individuals. I'm talking about the Mogi community, community and how we um, promote the game. And I think we need to take a leaf out of the LGFA because oh, I think definitely. the strides and the measures that they go to and the work that they pump into it is like there's nobody here can dispute it is colossal. That little ad that's on television at the moment is absolutely deadly. It's class-like. Um, and you're right, it is really powerful. And it kind of, it gives you that edge. There's a bit of an edginess to it as well. Like, and, you know, it's starting from the grassroots as well. Like, it's not just showing like an inter-county team. Like, it's coming from a club section, yep. which is which is really, really but good. But they're actually well. good at promoting their own club matches as well. Like, yeah. there's always a Twitter feed. There's always a Facebook feed. There's, mm. you know, and that... Well, c- all the clubs around the place, I think, could be utilising uh, Twitter an awful lot more. Like, yeah. when there's oh, games sure. there. I mean, it's nice and easy to just download and yeah. have, have someone there tweet the score. You don't have to put even the scores on it. Just tweet the score and how things are mm. going. Like Because people do know, and especially when we are at games, like, I mean, you take for argument's sake the 17th now with Kilkenny being at home, which mm. we're probably going to be covering live, hopefully on KCLR with uh, Cork coming to Nolan Park. And then you have the intermediates going to uh, wherever it is in Cork, whether yeah. it be the Cork Mogi Grounds. It's like, crazy. we want to be able to see yeah. where those games and how that game is going mm. so we can let the listeners that's in Kilkenny know or even the people in the stadium but know how it's going. The, the rest of the, those two division matches, Martin, as they're going along. Mm. Like sometimes it's impossible to find that, the, you know, certain counties are very good, some counties mm. aren't so good. So mm-hmm. you're kind of trawling through mm. or maybe trying to find somebody who's at the match and it happens to be tagging the counties yeah. in yeah. to get the results. Yeah. Yeah. But that's definitely one of the areas anyway is website to be done, fixtures to be put up onto it. Um, but my biggest one is, um, and I'll be asking Linda a little bit about this as well later on with her coaching academy that she set up two years ago as well, obviously to upskill coaches. Um, and it has been a roaring success but like we've no ex-players now this even comes to GAA you look at rugby for argument's sake and even to the World Cup finals that was held last year in France there is four past referees that played competitively high end professional rugby that that have went into the refereeing jobs right there's no real ex-players that has come to the GAA to be a referee not to my knowledge anyway there's zero when it comes, I mean, Liz Dempsey played at club level. Um, I can't say for definite whether she played at inter county level, but like she's the biggest high profile female referee that we have at the minute, and I want to get that up. We've had four All Ireland finals referees this year by Leinster referees. We have a lot of referees in our academy, the Peter Downey Academy. I think it's fourteen graduated this year. Eleven of those are coming from Leinster, but the females coming from is very very poor and because it's a female sport I mean we now have female referees doing soccer matches I mean that girl from France that's uh, doing international matches Mm. is very good Holly Davison is very good when it comes to rugby Joy Neville has been there at international level with TMO and duties but like we we need more female players out there and especially past players like who are still facing in their prime and the whole lot to be able to keep in the sport and take up the whistle and do refereeing. We need an all, and I'm not looking just at you, but I mean we have a load of decent but he's players. Not, not looking at you. No, no, but we have an awful lot of players that's gone in the last ten years, like they could have 
were very good players, could have been decent referees, but didn't take up the opportunity to be that. But, I mean, if we want to give our sport more exposure and say, well, yeah, Camogie is the best sport, we want our top female official referees to be able to do it. And my dream someday is to have an all-female refereeing team on the field for all our senior but final day in Crow Park. Mm. Yeah. That would be and good. I'm hoping that like Linda's Academy, I can set up a female academy for our referees in Leinster that we can definitely get them doing high profile games in Leinster and if not to push them on then into uh, the national panel and get them refereeing at national level as well because I think it's very important for our games like young Kira Murphy uh, said it a while back to us Anya mm. that she went to a game one day and it was either a schools game or an under 12 game and the players actually could not believe it that there was a female coming to referee their game mm. and they were so excited because it was a girl we need to get a lot more of players looking up to females we need to get a lot more females involved in it there's going to be challenges Obviously, when it comes to abuse of our match officials, but respect is getting a little bit better. I think we're doing well with it. Only two, a uh, couple of uh, instances that I know of in Leinster over the last little while. Um, but definitely, there are two of my big uh, things. If I could get two of them over the line in my three-year term, um, I would be more than happy and call that a success. And I don't doubt that you will. Well, we'll have to wait Considering and see. the amount of years that I know you and I'm working with you, I don't doubt that you will. But anyway, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of years ahead, but we're going to look forward to it. Right, Leinster League. Since we are now doing Leinster, I get all the hot topics and uh, off the press uh, promotions and the whole lot coming. So the Leinster League groups um, are out. The fixtures will be starting very soon in Indeed, and I think actually we have the f- uh, the dates for them on you as well, do we? Yeah. We do. First round is on the 18th of February, round 2, 25th of February. Uh, the back matches, if any of them are not played in round 1 and 2, is on the 3rd of March. Round 3 is the 10th of March. Round 4 is going to be the 24th of March. Round 5, the 31st of March, which will probably be semi-final areas on some teams as well. And the 7th of April is down four our Leinster League Finals groupings obviously a lot of Kilkenny uh, interest in this including Tullerone St. Martins the Roran Stieg Nafina of Dublin and for Celtic of Dublin there in Group 1 in Division 1 of the Leinster League while Piltown Nace of Kildare Tullerone and Kilmacoe Croaks of Dublin is in Group 2 and there is eight teams in that group and two groups of four, they play one another and there's semi-finals then involved in it as well. Mm-hmm. Lots of interesting matches there for Eon. Obviously, Kilmico Croaks is going to be um, a tasty affair because I've seen them come playing a couple of times. Nace are very, very good as well and you'll renew rivalry, I suppose, with Piltown as well. Is that the way it's working? It is, yeah. Uh, eight teams in two groups of four top two teams go into the semi-finals and the winner of those semi-finals then will play in the final perfect oh yeah Grant oh yeah Division 2 then obviously we have a couple of teams from Kilkenny involved in it but Loch Giel 
uh, is from Westmeath they're in group one along with Mullen Avat Whitehall of Dublin and Ballyboard and St Enders in group two we have O'Moores of Leash Liz Downey St Oliver Plunkett's of Dublin and Rahini of Dublin Group 3 is St. Bridget's of Leash, Kiltail of Westmeath, Castleknock in Dublin and Tullamore in Offaly. And Group 4 is Raharney of Westmeath, Kilmesson of Meath and Minute of Kildare. Division 3, Group 1 is Drum Rainey of Westmeath, Mount Leinster Rangers in Carlow, Nave Olaf's in Dublin and St. Vincent's in Dublin, Danes Ford, St. Mullins of Carlow, Lucan uh, first team in Dublin and St. Finian's in Dublin as well. Group 3 has Kildalki of Meath, Selbridge Kildare, uh, the Croaks in Dublin. Now, I'm not too sure whether that's Kilmico Croaks or maybe putting in a second team, which just says Croaks. Nay, Barogue is definitely in Dublin. And Group 4 is Trim of Meath, Kiltegan of Wicklow, and Cranforth of Wexford. Division 4, two groups here Tara Rocks of Wexford, Avondale, Wicklow, Castle Pollard, Westmeath, Lucan 2 in Dublin, uh, St. Kevin's in Dublin completes that. So five teams there, while Castle Town, Mellows of Wexford Clane of Kildare Nurney in Kildare Crumlin in Dublin and Round Towers in Clindalkin in Dublin completes the groups there and in Division 5 then Linda Kenny's own Burn Rangers of Carlow in Group 1 Era Og of Wicklow Ben Ader in Dublin that is of course Hoth where the puck for the Leinster Finals used to be held Kilrush of Wexford and in Group 2 then we have Brownstown not too sure where they are because there's no uh, county beside them uh, Kyle Duff of Kildare and St Mark's of Dublin and lots and lots and lots of interesting teams there I think it's 56 teams in total for the Leinster League but great competition Anya yeah it really is um, do you know what and I suppose out of, out of everything it kind of just gives I know it's quite early in the year and you know I suppose like our own championships won't be starting until towards the, the latter end of August but I suppose this is kind of an opportunity more so for team building than anything else and you know maybe dusting off a, a few rusty shackles there as well and you know the good thing about this competition it is without you know obviously your county players can't play in it um, so it's given it's given the club player um, even more opportunities as well and I think you know it'll be exciting it'll be it'll be very interesting and you know going to get to travel around the place as well so yeah all good It certainly is White well while you were doing that little bit of talking I was actually making a phone call because I did mention this lady a couple of times earlier on but Linda Kenny of Carlo has as we said earlier passed over the seal of office to myself she has been Leinster chair for the last three years and it's, I think, her first interview afterwards and I am delighted that Linda Kenny is going to join me on the phone line right now. Good evening, Linda. How are you? Hi, Martin. How are you? I'm all good. Thank you very much. I suppose, first of all, it's the first time that we've had you on in a while and poor Carlo, it's been a, a sad time in the county for everybody involved in the motor world, in the sporting world with, I suppose, a lot of tragedy there in the last couple of months as well and like everything else, our thoughts are always with the families affected. A hard time for everyone up in Carlo. Yes, it's been a very sad past week uh, for the people of Carlo and um, Martin. First of all, when we lost one of our greatest camogie players ever, Olivia Jordan, last weekend, 
and then the news of the terrible tragedy, the loss of three young lives and another young man seriously injured on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. It's been a tough time for Carlo and the loss of one of my own club members just before Christmas, Carmel Kinsley, also in another tragic accident. So it has been a very, very tough time for our county. And uh, I just want to be half of everyone to extend uh, my deepest sympathy to all those who have bereaved, in particular from a Camogie perspective, to the members of my Camogie Club and to all those, the Nolan, O'Neill and Jordan families on their very sad loss of Olivia last week. Yeah, it certainly puts a lot of things into perspective, Linda, when you have tragedies like that coming. But I suppose on the sporting end of things then as well, uh, another term of office has come to an end. It's your own one as Leinster Chair. Your three years is up. And I suppose it's a bit uh, surreal for me that you actually passed the mantle over to me, which is um, uh, which was a little bit emotional, I can tell you now, last Wednesday evening when we did it. But uh, look, it's been a fantastic three years for yourself. You've had almost a week now to let it all sink in. How are you feeling at the minute? Oh, I'm good, Martin. Um, just feel a bit different, all right. Uh, no major hiccups over the weekend that was left to you to deal with it but I believe all our games went off really really well in the Leinster Minor Championship um, but it is yeah it's somewhat different no phone calls no major emails so yeah but time moves on um, I had a wonderful term and I live with many many great friends which is probably the most important thing to me as I leave the role yeah, you certainly do make a lot of friends in the, the counties when you're involved in it. But I suppose not only for Leinster Council for the three years you've been involved in GAA, you've been involved in Camogie over a number of years with Leinster Council for almost 10 years. So the friendships certainly do build up over that period of time. But have you enjoyed your term as Leinster Chair? Yes, absolutely, Mark. Um, I feel I packed in as much as I could into the into the three years. I suppose I had a small disadvantage coming in that I didn't have a, a tougher year when Hilda became president. I just automatically went into the role. But um, look, I had a tough opening to my term, um, but I think I rallied quite well from from that one little hiccup we had uh, along the way back last in, in the early part of my tenure. And I think um, it didn't define me, and I think it made me stronger. And I think I ended the term... You know, leaving Leinster in a good place to hand over to you, Martin, and I'm sure you will carry on wherever I left off. I suppose the highlight for me of the tenure was that we played four club championships in three years. And while it was a huge volume of work there, it was certainly some of the most enjoyable days that I did have. Also, the Leinster Coaching Academy was something that I was very passionate about when I came into the role and I would have spoken to you back when I came into the role about that. And we completed two coaching academies during my turn and it was great to see one of my people from the first academy. It wasn't my academy, my, the idea may have been mine, but it was Leinster's coaching academy that one of them brought his team, Niall Burke, brought his team to the All-Ireland Club final in Croke Park with Nafina from Meath. Also, I suppose one of the most important things to me during the time was to see the rise of so many of our Leinster referees and to have 11 of the 14 of last year's female academy or, or referee Peter Downey Academy come from the province. 
And I've known some of those personally since I became involved in Camogie in Carlow and here in, in Leinster. And that's just something I was so proud to see 11 of them receive their medals on just before Christmas. And also, I suppose, to see the likes of John Dermody, Liz Dempsey, Ray Kelly, Barry Nee reach their pinnacle in refereeing so many All-Ireland finals in the last three years. And, of course, Justin and Gavin as well. We really are blessed with the best referees in the country. And I know that a lot of the other provinces would be would be somewhat jealous of where we are in terms of referee development. And I know that, Martin, you're going to continue that and hope to bring more female referees in, which... I would really, really love to see that come to fruition and um, just wish you the best to look with that because uh, it is a difficult task and it is getting harder and harder to get referees. But um, they are the best and I think you will accept that. Definitely. And I mean, it was great to see the, the the three big games during the year. I know we had the replay, so we can technically say there were four big games in the year with the senior, the intermediate and the junior finals all being done by Leinster referees. I think it's the first time ever that that may have happened. And you're dead right. It just goes to show the strength and depth of the referees that is there in Leinster. And you touched on it a small little bit. Yes, one of my things to come in with certainly, and I spoke about this earlier in the, the week as well on the radio about it, is a female um, academy type structure, I suppose, a bit like your coaching academy, because obviously it's important to upskill coaches and have them going on and giving their expertise to players and developing them as well. But you know yourself, I mean, it's a female orientated sport. We certainly do need a lot more female officials and there is officials out there, Linda, maybe it's just to give them a small little bit of a push to put them on a platform to, I suppose, progress their careers a small little bit. Yeah, absolutely, Martin. Uh, we know they're out there. We have the best in our in our province, in Liz Dempsey. And I know that whatever is ever asked of Liz, and I'm sure Liz would be only too delighted to get behind the academy um, and to profile, to profile and to assist all female referees. She's done it in the past for me, and I'm sure she'll do it again. I saw during the year where Westmead actually had a young Whistler's female academy going, and uh, they got huge support from uh, the officers up in Westmead, Nolan McCarthy, and the national referees that are up there. So I think we have enough referees now across the province, Martin, for that to be a huge success. And without a doubt, we need to have more females. As female, We are a female sport. And I suppose what we, we also need is to have respect for these people, be them male or female, if they come into the game. Nothing worse than to put in time and investment into referees and to have them abused from the sideline. That's, that's, that should be in the past. It needs to be in the past and I hope it is in the past. In your term of office, Lind, and in your term with the Leinster Council as well over nine years, how have you seen the respect given towards match officials like back, we'll say, eight years ago compared to now? Are we worse off than what we are with abuse coming to officials or are we getting to a point where it's starting to plateau a small little bit and we're starting to get respect now for our officials? I suppose, Martin, at provincial level, we wouldn't have seen an awful lot of it. Certainly in the year before last, we did have a certain amount of it. We have had only two, in my three years term as chairperson, we've only had three incidents or two incidents where there was abuse and a THD sitting uh, resulting. So I don't think we would see as much of it at provincial level as there would have been at, at, in club and at county level. For some reason, I don't know. But 
I would think from where we were, if you had asked me that this time last year, I do think we had an excellent year last year in terms of referee performances and also in in terms of mentors. And But I do think that was laid down very, very well by Leinster Council and the executive of Leinster Council uh, prior to all games last year. And it does come from leadership. It does come from ch- child welfare officers and from the county as well, bringing back the message that this abuse will no longer be tolerated. I think that has been strong in Leinster in the last year. I know too, at Congress of last year, you were made chairperson of a SOAP committee to have a look at the playing time um, of our players when it comes to how much they're getting and all. And I know that report will be going before Ord Corla and to Congress as well. So I know we can't divulge too much of what's in that report at the minute, but did you enjoy doing the report first of all? Because I know it's probably a lot of work, but um, did you find anything that you maybe little snippets that you can give us any big surprises there? Yeah, well, actually, Martin, I can give you some breaking news in that the report will be launched tomorrow. And I'm very proud to have been the chairperson of that committee. I'm very looking forward to travelling around, I suppose, now and talking to counties pre-Congress to see can we get the recommendations from this playing time report over the line at Congress. I think it's hugely important for the for the continued development of our players that some of the recommendations, if not all the recommendations, do get passed at Congress. And I suppose the main ones really, Martin, are um, the increased substitutions at some grades and in some competitions, uh, particularly at the underage level. Um, the other one would be, of course, the debate that goes on each year at Congress, which would be the playing of under-18 players and adult inter-county teams and under-16 players on minor adult, uh, under-18 county teams. So there is some recommendations there within that. Probably more of a tiered process than just I'm automatically going to start in 2025. So that should be interesting to see how that is greeted by counties. The other is some um, cross-border tournaments, boundary cross-border tournaments for adult competitions for adult teams during the uh, inter-county season and there's a few other things but delighted to say it's going to be launched tomorrow and um, I really enjoyed uh, chairing the group and um, got great assistance from Maria Donovan the chairperson in Cork Brian O'Boyle from the development officer in Tipperary and from Lizzie Broderick the technical manager in the Camogie Association we're very happy with the findings we had a lot of research to go on So I would appeal to all those listening out there and across the counties to consider, sit back, consider and digest before you make any rash decisions. But this is all for the betterment of Camogie players of all ages and for to have more meaningful playing time for our underage and adult players. Well, I certainly look forward to reading that report. I suppose in a way yourself and the committee did, you find that you were conflicted in any way or any of the committee members between playing time for players and up to a certain age group and obviously having that competitive nature that's there as well because by nature humans and people that play sport are competitive. So to try and get the balance of... I suppose, teams winning games competitively um, and players that's able to get meaningful game time as well. Did you find that some of the, the data or the subcommittees and that there were conflicted in any way with the? No, 
our clear our clear terms of reference was to provide more meaningful game times. Uh, I think anyone that knows me now at this stage, Martin, and you know me quite well, meaningful game time is what I'm about, be it at underage or at uh, inter-county level. And look, while I accept this, some of the proposals will not be greeted greatly by the smaller counties. It is time that we stood up and gave our adult players more meaningful game time as well. It must be so demoralising for an adult player not to be playing and to be, you know, a place being taken by an underage player. Underage players have the, will have their time. Give the adult players have their time now in their time, if you understand what I'm saying. I do. Because, uh, but clearly, no, we had no conflicts. And while I was from Carlow, Mairead was from Cork, Brian was from Tipperary, we were very varied in where we're coming from. And I can see it will be difficult for some of the smaller counties. That's why there will be some sort of a tiered introduction to some of the recommendations if they can be got through. Um, but we were very clear. Our remit was and our terms of reference was uh, from the research, from the child uh, child welfare audit, from the Sports Ireland, from the women in sports, uh, that so many players are either a sub, getting no game time, or being not being played because there's a player of a different grade playing where they should be playing in their own age group. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I've seen it even as well at club games that a younger player of 16 or 18 is brought on and the player that maybe in her late 20s or early 30s and okay, they may not be what people suppose and I use air quotes, one of the better players they're still there they're training every night and they're just left sitting on the sideline. That's not fair to that person either so yes. you're, yeah, you're dead and, right. And to be fair Martin we can make these recommendations if we get them through Congress. They are going to be there. That is no way saying that this committee is going to guarantee that everything will be put in place to ensure this happens. This is going to be down to the coaches and the committees and clubs to ensure that this happens. That meaningful game time is going to be provided to your players at your respective grades. We also hope that the cross-border uh, tournaments at adult grade would be something that would be embraced between, um, I think, Leinster will be paired with Munster. So that should be a very interesting initiative and that will be run by the two provinces. So that would be something, I think, would, which would be new. And obviously there will be some work involved in it. We may have some teething problems with it, but it's something that is of interest and I think we could get very good buy-in to that. I'd say we could. There want to be a lot of ash, I'd say, too, there because the, there'd be a good bit of rivalry there between the Munster and uh, Leinster teams as well. But look, any kind of in- initiatives that gives our players uh, more game time um, and plenty of, I suppose, chances to show off their ability and what the sport is all about is certainly going to be great. Linda, um, you won a couple or been granted a couple of awards during your term as well, both in Carlow and obviously the presidential award that you picked up a couple of years ago as well from the GAA. But in your time uh, involved in Camogie, is there anything there that you would like to see changed? Now, I know the integration process is in line at the minute and that's uh, going forward and hopefully we may have something for Congress this year. But is there anything that you would like to see in the Camogie end of things? Anything that you'd like to see being brought in or something that would change to make the sport even better than what it is? Yeah, look, sure, Martin, we all we are all strong advocates in Camogie for the integration process. I do believe um, we will we will get there. It will take time. 
it will take um, patience, but I do think we're on the right road. I do think that one of the main things that needs to change is equality for female players, and that in terms of facilities and in terms of the resources and finance that can be provided to uh, to all players. I know that's now going to change with the new players, inter-county players charter, which we will have launched in the last week or so. That will change things for female players. But I suppose the burning thing for me is equality of facilities and equality access of facilities for our female players at all grades, from underage to adult, uh, ensuring that they get the opportunities to play in Nolan Park, in Netwatch Cullen Park, in Semple Stadium, wherever it may be. I think that has to be our focus and I would really, really love to see that change. I'm very lucky in my county that we have made huge strides in the last year. We have a lot more to do. But um, we did get our senior finals played inside last year and some of our under-16 finals. But that needs to change. Every girl needs to play in in their respective county grounds. And I do understand we have a very congested calendar for GA, for ladies football, for Camogie, for hurling. But there has to be room in those calendars for females to get access to play in their county grounds. Yeah, well said. And I suppose we're lucky enough in Kilkenny as well that, well, apart from the club games, because of that congested uh, season, I mean, all our inter-county senior matches are nearly played there. Luckily enough, we can play a couple of All-Irelands in the senior semi-finals there as well last year. So. Yeah, no, Nolan Park, I have to say, have been fantastic supporters uh, from my time in Leinster. Uh, they've been, any time I ever asked, uh, be it Ned, um, Ned Quinn, um, Jimmy Walsh or Seamus Reid or any of PJ Kenny for the Nolan Park it was always made available same here in my own county when it's available they do go out of the way and uh, I, I did appreciate that and I do think we need to ensure that our females are playing in the best facilities that are available at all times and um, that's just one thing I, we made some strides in that in Leinster over my three years uh, Martin it probably is more work in hand but I know it's in good hands to ensure that that will continue. A lot of people are telling me everything is in good hands, but I don't know myself. I, I may wear big shoes, Linda Kenny, but I can tell you one thing, they feel queer small uh, when you're trying to follow a formidable woman like yourself. Because in fairness to yourself and the committee, you've done so much work over the last three years. It certainly is going to be a task for ourselves and the new committee is coming in, but a challenge that we're all going to relish as well yeah. and really look forward to it. No, absolutely, Martin, and I want to wish you and your incoming committee the best luck. To thank my outgoing executive, they were fantastic people to work with, and um, I couldn't have done it without them. And also to acknowledge and thank uh, Hilda before that, Rachel, Catherine, and the late Pat Martin. They um, instilled a love of Camogie in me since I got involved, and um, I owe them a lot. I'm looking forward now um, to heading back to where I started to uh, GA Camogie will always be in my in my DNA and I will stay involved in Carlo but I'm thrilled and honoured to be asked to chair my own club again and um, I'm looking forward to head, heading back there for the for the year ahead and to keep my involvement in in the Gaelic Games and in Camogie it's a big year for our club um, playing adult Camogie for the first time and also after winning the first ever minor championship last year and uh, that's just where I suppose when you have a love for it it's hard to walk away
It certainly is and no doubt that you will be on the other end of the phone as well if ever I need a bit of advice because if you need advice you always go to somebody who has been there um, and I know you have been there over the last number of years at Leinster level when I was chairman even in Kilkenny as well and you've always given me decent advice and told me to pull my head in as well when I had to do that at times so uh, Linda it's been an absolute pleasure to have been no, working with you. thanks Martin and thanks to everyone out there who may be listening for your support genuine friendship and always been putting Camogie where it needed to be and that was on top and first and just also to say I just want to wish um, Peter Chap Clear and the Kenny team every success for the year ahead and our own James here and our own Carlo Girls every success it was wonderful to work with Chap last year a great great ambassador for the game and what a positive individual and I think his positivity spun off on me on many times during dark times last year so best luck to Chap and Kilkenny and of course to James and the Carlo girls next weekend in the league and to all the minor and under 16 teams out there yeah, well said, Linda. We're looking forward to the start of a new campaign with Carlo and Kilkenny as well. No doubt you'll be at a couple of matches, so we might even have you as the come on kind Roman reporter for Carlo to be able to give us a few updates now over the next couple of weeks. You never know, Martin. <coughs> Lindy Kenny, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well done on a fantastic three years as Leinster chair. I know you brought it to new highs and we look forward to trying to replicate that as much as possible. You've always been a good friend to ourselves here on Come On Kind. Um, I know that you do listen every single week in fairness um, and we really do appreciate that as well. And whatever you do in the future to yourself and the GEA, to the club um, and especially to the, the adult section in your club as well, we look forward to following that and the very best of luck to you going forward. Forward. Thanks very much, Martin, and best of luck to come on kind for the year ahead. I'll have more time now to listen. Good woman yourself. Thanks, Martin. That was Linda Kenny there, of course, and great to be able to have a chat with her and get an inside knowledge of all things Camogie with her. She really has a lot of passion and Linda, thank you so much and all of your team there for the last three years and I will do my very best for the province of Leinster going forward. Oh, and that's it from ourselves I think this week. Lots of action coming up with the Ashburn Cup at the weekend. We'll be reviewing that of how things go uh, next weekend and obviously the Division 1 teams and everybody else Division 3 Carlo and all are going to be out on the 17th we're going to look forward to it so we will be previewing all of them so lots and lots and lots of action to be coming up and it's great to be back into the full swing of things yep it certainly is and wish every team the best of luck in Ashburn weekend and looking forward to going up there myself on Saturday to have an Algander's few teams so yeah exciting and I would encourage anybody who can go up to go up and watch it <laughs> You're off out to the west. Off out to the west, yep. Well, no better place to go. From myself, Martin Quilty, from my co-pilot, Anya Farrell, and the producer who often, well, I won't say often, but every so often decides to come in and have a chat with us, Lillian Houlihan, from the three of us here in the studios in KCLR. Mind yourself, enjoy the sport at the weekend, and we will chat to you again very soon. Bye. Bye. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmi. Oh